This podcast is a part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org. Welcome back to another episode of 1801 Live. My name is Hannah, and I have the honor of hosting this podcast. But today, in celebration of National Hispanic Heritage Month, we have a few amazing guests, representatives of a few Latinx-based organizations here on campus. So before we dive into all that we are going to talk about today, I would just like for the guests to introduce themselves, if you can say a little bit about yourself. specifically what organization you are representing, what you identify as, and um, just, yeah, just a little bit about yourself. You can start with Jonathan. All right, um, so I'm Jonathan. I am the president of the Latin American Student Organization here on campus. I'm Mexican-American. I'm a senior advertising major, business administration minor, and also a Spanish minor. Michael. Hey, my name's Michael Ayala. I am a Salvadorian, full Salvadorian. I'm a junior right now, and I'm a brother of Phi Iota Alpha. I'm currently a marketing major, a Spanish minor, and yeah, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> and my name is Kayla Campos, and I'm currently serving as the president of Capital Sakai um, Sorority. Put that out there. Um, and I am Dominican and Salvadorian. I am currently a senior public health major, minoring in sociology, ready to graduate. Um, and yeah, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties, but it's not going to stop us. We're going to have this conversation. <laughs> but I was saying before I got cut off, like, how are you guys doing? How has the semester been, being that you all are student leaders? Um, how have you been adapting? And just, this is like a check-in. <laughs> um, stressful, to say the least. Uh, I think online classes is definitely not my thing. Uh, these due dates creep up on me every week. Like, I know things are due, and I still, I'm like, oh my God, it's Thursday. That's crazy. I have something to do tonight. You know, it's just like, I, it's like, I forget, I just can't, but I don't know. I think it's a lot of time management on our part, or at least I can speak for myself, but I know like trying to keep things running and flowing and trying to keep sisters engaged while also like community engaged and like just making sure that we're still doing what we do, even though we're virtual or we're technically a hybrid, but as like we're virtual and things are not the same, but it's like, making the best of a, like a bad situations at the time so yeah I definitely can attest to that and even trying to keep engagement and so have you found ways that have worked or that has stuck I guess with um, some members of your organization I was just I mean the girls are pretty good I'm not I can't really say much um, we're all pretty like passionate about making sure like we do the things that we do or trying to um, I don't know. I think right now it's just more so like just making sure we're on top of it. Trying to have some type of structure, I think also works for us too. Um, Like we would have weekly chapter meetings, but like now it's like bi-weekly because, you know, it's not as much to talk about, but also having a check-in every Monday at seven, like this is what we're doing and 
having like a paper meeting, like making sure that, that you have a type of structure throughout the semester. So it's not like you're like going to get lost throughout and then things just don't get done. Yeah. What about you guys, Jonathan yeah. and Marshall? I was going to say, if I guess step in, I was going to say the one number one thing uh, regarding just organizations and, and school is like discipline because a little ones for just for school and for classes for me it's it's just really hard to I guess take it seriously when it's just a class on my computer there's just something about it that doesn't feel different as to actually going in person I for myself I have one person uh, in person class and then going there I mean for me personally it feels a lot different it feels more engaging I like actually get to see the teacher and then just let him know that I'm there, like paying attention and actually learning stuff. But it's just something about like having it online and then like technical technical difficulties such as now, it just kind of like throw everything off. So it's it's just gonna be have to be a lot of discipline. And then with organizations, it's about making sure at least we text each other or like FaceTime or getting to see each other just to know that, I mean, we still exist and we're still out there, you know? Yeah, for sure. I definitely can attest to I am a person that needs that in-person engagement. And so being online or virtual, I feel like we all can agree that Zoom fatigue is real. And so although we might not have to walk to campus every day or uh, drive and then walk to class to class every day, I feel more tired after a whole day online um, tuning into my classes than I would running from what Gambrell to Darlin back to Gambrell, I feel like sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jonathan? Yeah, I feel similarly to Michael and Kayla. Um, I've been seeing a couple of memes recently that kind of touch on how like all online classes feel like there's always a due date that you don't know about that's gonna sneak up on you. Like I'm constantly going through Blackboard, going through all my classes, going through all the syllabuses, just like double checking when things are due. Cause it feels like during every class, the professor references something that I had no idea about. Um, like I remember, so I have one in-person class once a week and during like the first meeting, I missed it because I misunderstood what day it was on. I thought it was Thursday, turns out it was Tuesday. It's really awkward. And then some, I know there's some classes where it's like, it's all online, but there's some days you have to actually be present at that time. And then on other days, you just have to watch it another time. And so it took me a while to get used to that. I would like try to join and then there wouldn't be a link to join. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be counted absent, not even going to know what's going on. And then I have to go back to my syllabus. Like you said, I feel like I have to check my syllabus daily or I'm just behind. And well, so I have like, having... like 30 different copies of my syllabus and my downloads right now. <laughs> yes. Also, because professors are trying to adapt to this as well. And so mm -hmm. they will update like the syllabus like constantly. I'm like, oh, that was not there like a week ago. <laughs> and so, yes, I definitely agree with that. But even I feel like this time is more it's important now more than ever building that community in order for you to feel like you can have that support, not just in the university or in your professors, but also in the people that you call friends, you know? So how have you guys um, felt that community, if you have felt that community during this time within um, your peers, your organizations, and how have you adapted in order to maintain 
that type of strong support and community? I think, um, I think it's personally nice when you get those random texts or calls from people you haven't spoken to in a while. Um, I try to do that. I'm just like, so I just never feel like I'm on it. Like, I just feel like I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like I have everything is set in stone. I'm on top of everything. I'm organized. And then like two minutes later, I feel like it's all in shambles again. So I feel like when you get those like little texts or calls from people that are checking in to see how you are, like that means a lot. So I, I try to do that as well with people. So that's like how I've been trying to keep in contact with people. Um, it's obviously not the same. Everybody's busy. I feel like everybody's busier now because like life is just all over the place than we were when we were like going back to back to back meetings and classes. Like I was busy then, but I feel like I'm like busier now too. It's just, it's a weird feeling, but it's just all about adapting to the situation. All you really can do right now. Yeah, I've been trying to do something similar to what Kayla's done where just like randomly throughout the week, I just try to reach out to somebody. It is hard for me to like make that time because I already have a lot going on. So trying to like reach out to someone and see how they're doing, it's like another thing to add on top of that. Um, it has been difficult this semester trying to like make that community. But like I have faith that we can do that. Um, like over the summer, I was doing this internship program that got turned into like a virtual training thing. And there are, I want to say over 300 other interns across the country. And over the summer, like even though we weren't able to meet each other in person, we were, uh, we were still able to make a community just through like group meetings and things and like Zoom meetings. So I know like it's possible but it's difficult yeah and even so talking again about community um especially now how is the community the hispanic community within usc meaning i know one of the things that i love about the university so much is i and i can attest to it gamecocks look after gamecocks and so i've been very connected with alumni to even um, other students at the university. So do y'all feel as if you guys have that strong connection to um, alumni and specifically um, Hispanic alumni or uh, Latinx um, alumni or anything of that nature? Okay, I'll <laughs> okay, uh, just gonna say as far as the lasso goes, I can't really say there is that connection with alumni. Um, I know something I wanted to, wanted to start this semester or over the summer but I haven't got around to doing it yet, is like creating a Lasso alumni group, just reaching out to recent graduates, trying to get their contact info. But I don't know where to go from there. I, I think it's funny because I, it's definitely something that I think, I think, I, I mean, I you guys tell me if you agree with me, but I think it's something that our community struggles with, with like keeping like alumni or like engagement from like, Postgrad, that makes sense. Like, I'm gonna use like Greek life for example. Um, I feel like like we don't have like alumni chapters. Like we're a smaller organization just because we are Latina founded, you know. And so it's like it's harder for us versus like many other like groups on campus that can have those like alumni like involved in on our like in our lives and our undergrad lives. I think. Personally, I mean, I still speak to some um, 
sisters that have graduated. Um, but get, then again, you know, they are living their life and they have like adult lives and have jobs and so it's harder, but I think it's important to keep that engagement. Like you can always get feedback from them and I think it's nice to see, or for them, it's nice to see like where everything has come and like how far we've come and at USC with whatever org we're a part of, like LASA, Katie Kai FIAs, you know. Can, can I call, all right. <laughs> um, so I wanted to say, so in terms of uh, this community in general, uh, I'd say at the least for right now, so we have a, like a lasso, the la, a lasso group chat, and that's pretty much not only just people go to lasso, but it's members of my fraternity, members of Kayla sorority, as well as just Linux people on campus. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'd say for at least the beginning so far of the semester, the engagement is is it's getting it's like blooming. I'd say it's starting to bloom because there's a lot of new people finding it and. I mean, honestly, once once things for sure get better out in the world, I think it will definitely just continue to be really stable because one of the biggest things that people love to do on that group chat is like, okay, who wants to go get tacos? Literally, like so many people would reply at the same time and it would be a thing. And then boom, we'd be able to connect easily like that. Um, but in terms of the alumni base, uh, it's kind of like there are those few that do like to still keep in touch, but it's really just up to them. But uh, like the, the way the plan that Jonathan has, I think that it would work out really well because it may just be that they don't know what's going on or like they're just not really in touch, but also because they call, they could be busy with the adult stuff. Yeah. Um, fraternity in specific though, we do have, while we are like a little bit smaller, we do have a solid little group of alumni. We talk to them almost every day, like at least if it's like a meme or something like that, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty standard base and um, for we've we've had a, a fifth anniversary where most of all of them came back for the fraternity and next year is actually our 10th. So we're really scheming, trying to hopefully if everything's all well and good to have a good event to bring them all back and just keep the connection going, of course. Yeah, that's very exciting. And to that point, because you guys mentioned, yes, there's a community there and there is some type of connection to alumni but do you guys feel as if the university is that on you guys or do you feel like the university could do more to bridge that gap because i mean um just want to hear just want to hear your thoughts of how can that improve I, I mean i bet there is a strong community um and you guys do have connections to those that maybe were upperclassmen when you were undergrad or you were in freshman year and so that's that connection but even years before you came to the university so do y'all have any thoughts about that i have a lot to say about this so whoever wants to go before we can go i was just gonna say like generally speaking when it comes to the hispanic community on campus i feel like there is a lot more the university could do but typically it just falls on our shoulders to do it. I definitely agree with Jonathan. It's it's a lot. I want to just go ahead and say like it is a lot on us. Um, one thing in specific, great thing that Jonathan did, he uh, invited people in from the Span- Hispanic Faculty Caucus. And uh, last year there wasn't, I don't think there was the, uh, there was an employee that worked at Darla Moore, but this year there was. I got his contact info and I'm really glad. But the thing is, that was all Jonathan. That was all him. I didn't really know that um, the caucus had someone in the business school, but it would be pretty easy in 
I feel like the school would definitely be able to just set up something as simple as that, just to give me a first gen Latin business student uh, some type of guidance or just a little bit of a, a way. I want you to t- I want you to talk first, but I want to go back to that first gen aspect. But say your say your um, truth, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was waiting for this question. Um, so my thing is, I feel very much so like I. I attribute a lot of my successes and my college experience to Lasso just because I joined Lasso my freshman year and I try to stay engaged as much as I can. Um, but I think we find Lasso through people and it's through our community where we find it. I don't think USC has anything to do with it necessarily because I know I joined, I know a lot of people who have joined because they've known people because They've heard the name. It wasn't necessarily like an event that USC hosted or um, them promoting us. Like, I feel like right now we're, we're kind of making some progress for our community or for the Latinx community because we have discussions like this and we're having this like talk about the fact that we are, I feel like very like, nobody really knows a lot about us. Nobody really, like there's not a lot of light sh- shined on us. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I think, like, in terms of USC, I feel like we've made a lot of progress for a lot of multicultural groups, but I feel like there's a lot more that they can do, and I feel like they're very much catering to, like, the majority of the minority versus not really contributing to, like, all of the minorities. Does that make yes. sense? I feel like certain organizations are not putting on the events that they should for each minority group. Like you, we talk about like the Latinx community, but like we don't talk about like the Vietnamese one, you know, we don't really talk about the Filipino one. Like, it's like, we don't have these conversations with everybody. And it's the question for me is like, why is that? Like, why do we not do this? And why is this not a thing? You know, why, is, why are these conversations not had with all members of like all different minority groups? And why is ever say inclusion only really like certain people, you know? Yeah. No, 100%. And I definitely agree to that. I remember the first time I went to an event um, put on by a Latinx-based organization last. So actually, it was freshman year, and I went to Latinx Silencia. And honestly, if it wasn't for Gabriella, who was in freshman council with me, and then I think I um, brushed by you, Michael, but you you were busy. And so you told me, I think, briefly, like, you were going to that event, but I don't think you remember, but, I mean, it stuck to me, because I didn't know what it was, and so I used Instagram to look up what it was, and then saw it, and then went with a group of my friends, but if it wasn't for me just hearing from Gabriella and Michael, I would have not have even known that that was a thing, and going to the event, I mean, it was in the ballroom, there was a whole setup, I mean, tablecloths laid out, food, the whole nine, like a well like put together event that I wouldn't even know now just celebrating um, the Hispanic community. And so I definitely agree that there needs to be more resources and focus on all marginalized communities, not just the ones that are prominent or even the majority of the minority. Cause I feel like that also overshadows at times the ones who still the minority in the minority, if that makes sense. Um, but wanting to go back to you, Michael, and if you other, Jonathan and Kayla can attest to it too, but I feel like especially um, within marginalized communities, 
like the African-American community and Hispanic community, first generation students are very prominent. And so how is that, I feel like it's an extra or added layer to the process of, you know, you're the minority on campus, but then also you don't, you haven't seen someone do what you're doing at that moment. So how is that for you guys, or if you have friends that experience that, um, how is that and how do you get through it and motivate yourself to even push yourself forward, find these resources to navigate what you have never seen done, at least in your experiences or from people above you in your family? Cool. That was a lot, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely just a lot of pressure. And I feel like for me personally, um, the first two years of like in college, I just tried to do a, a first, okay, sorry, let me start from the beginning. I joined my fraternity because my cousin was in it. He actually was not the founding group, but the one that followed after. And I didn't really know what it was or what it was about. I just knew that he did it. So I went and I went, I joined, um, I learned some really nice things, just you know, nice morals to, to keep my, get my uh, head level. But it still wasn't enough as I didn't really know sort of like the professional, uh, that, that let, like a Latino professional that went to college. Because both of my parents, they both just finished high school and then they immigrated here and they've just had jobs and they just, just go to work. That's it. Go to work. And then they tell me, okay, go to school, but then also go to work once you get a little older. And now I'm here in college where there's so much more then kind of just go to school and then go to work as well. It's kind of just those extra opportunities that you need to take advantage of. I think I really found my way, of, of course, through my fraternity and through the rest of the brothers and the alumni, but in terms of really focusing on, on when I actually decided to take these chances, it's just, I'd say like online influence doing a lot of research, just seeing other professional, first-gen professionals kind of inspired me. Uh, but it was definitely really hard and really stressful. Uh, I took so many positions for my first two years in college. Right now, even with a lot of ways back, because, of course, the one thing first to focus on is our classes. So I'm still kind of building it from there, but it definitely have a way better mindset as to how to develop professionally as a Latin Latinx, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Does anyone else have any uh, testament or story? Are you guys first generation college students? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yes. So you all, <laughs> yes, please speak on that. That, I, yeah. sorry, I can cut you off. No, you're good. Uh, I think my, I think the most thing I've heard from a lot of uh, Latinx people and the people like I, just my friends and I, it's just mostly just like parents understanding what we do, like the involvement, like what we do and like a daily, why we have so many meetings, why we're always so busy, why we we put ourselves in all these organizations. So we, for me, I personally do it because I feel like I want to make sure I came to college and I, I did it right, in my opinion. So I want to make sure that I took these four years and I took advantage of it because it, it is a privilege. College is a privilege. I feel like, um, you know, I was born here, but like, it's like, I feel like we forget that it's really a privilege to go to college. It's a privilege to go to a four-year university. I mean, nowadays, I feel like college isn't everything because now it's like you really can't get a job just with a college degree. Now you need like a master's degree or you need to go get your doctorate or it's like you just kind of never win. But 
I feel like it's hard just to make sure like to kind of explain to them and to make them understand why it is that we are always so busy and why it's important that we do things like this, just spending an hour talking about our culture at USC and why I'm going to take an hour of my day to do this and like the importance behind it. And I think that's something that is, it's hard for a lot of parents to understand. Um, but I know like our generation and we, we, we understand like the importance. And I think that's great for like future generations behind us. Like it's just, we're setting the, we're setting the way for like, you know, more success and more for us, our community to get like heard. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely can be hard to find like the right kind of support because like neither of my parents like even went to high school. So they only have like a vague idea of what college is. And also my high school, like I went to a title one high school, uh, maybe like a 60, 70% graduation rate. And then even a smaller percent of that actually went to university. So there's like a lot you have to figure out on your own. Um, I remember one time I was in a personal finance class and like the professor asked like, who here fills out their own FAFSA? And I raised my hand and I looked at the class of like 50 people and there were maybe like eight total people who filled out their own FAFSA. And like, I never realized that that wasn't common. And then it kind of clicked. It's like, oh yeah, my parents, they can't really read English. So I have to figure it out myself. And like, I remember, you know, like, every December or whatever, just going through my parents' taxes, Googling things, what is this for me, what does that for me, what do I put in here? Just kind of hoping that I get it right. Um, it's like hard to find support for those kinds of things because you don't know what you don't know. And you kind of just have to learn as you go. Okay, so y'all are some of the strongest <laughs> students I have ever met. I mean, and it just, your stories, they're clearly very important. And I mean, it represents, I mean, because you guys aren't the first, like you are student leaders of organizations of individuals who can relate to you, who can attest to you. Even me um, being connected to Mateo and then you guys coming on today, like I wouldn't have known all of you guys are first generation college students, you know? And I know you've touched on it about the pressure, but and we talked about the pressure even coming into college but this just seems like a lot of pressure that has been on your backs from the beginning um i mean you all have different testaments but specifically like jonathan you kind of are used to having to not only think about yourself and i feel like you all can really not only having to think about yourselves but your family but your parents but your siblings in order to I guess, make your decisions of why you do what you do. And so how do you maintain um, your mental health or just stay sane? Well, I mean, cause this feels, this sounds like a lot of pressure. So how do you do it? <laughs> I personally don't. <laughs> um, I'm a senior in college. I'm still trying to figure it out. I feel like COVID peaked. My mental health has gone way, way down. Um, I like got diagnosed with anxiety and all that fun stuff, but like it's, it gets to a point where you don't really know, you just kind of push through. 
I think um, I'm actually speaking on this at um, a FSL event later on this month for at Empower Her. Um, so it's it's hard, in my opinion. I'm still trying to figure it out, but I really want to tackle it now because I feel like life is just gonna get harder, and it's, you just kind of have to learn how to deal with it and find the coping mechanisms that are going to help for you. Because it doesn't, I don't know, it's the same thing's not gonna work for everybody. But like, it's like looking into it, like I've like read books and stuff. And so like, and it's kind of just making sure you take time for yourself is a big thing. Um, I know personally, I, I hate being alone, but it really like helps me just to like process everything. And to like, just take a minute to just be away from my phone. Because just today, this morning, my phone was blowing up. My, my emails blow up, texts, like, it's just, like, it's nonstop. Group me's now with classes, and it's, like, constant reminders of things that are pending, constant reminders, questions, because we're student leaders, so people are looking for you for answers in a time right now that I don't have any answers, so I don't know what to tell you. So it's, like, it's getting to a point where I'm, I'm figuring out, like, with COVID and everything, just COVID just added so much extra stress, but... I think it's helped me like tackle my mental health and like make sure that I am okay because I feel like if I can get through this, I can get through anything. So that's just like my little thing. I'll go. Um, it's, it's definitely, it was not, it's still not easy. It's a lot of crying, but I uh, think the, <laughs> the one thing that I've always, t- I've learned to tell myself probably like towards the tail end of high school, but I've really like taken true to it probably by the end of last year. So two years of college to really come to it. But it's really about understanding that that there's you can make a lot of mistakes in life and it's really kind of like those mistakes are really gonna build you. Like you don't want you don't want it to go that easy because if you do, then you're not gonna be able to learn from your mistakes if you don't have any and just this is just college so once I graduate and get like a real job that's just going to be a whole nother playground that like probably could just have experiences that I've never had here even though I'm trying to make them but it's still it's about understanding that just things can go really bad but you need to know that it's for the betterment of yourself and most of the time it's going to be something you need it so yeah acceptance I'd say it's, it's hard, but I mean, I think at this point, I've, I've been able to really cope, feel it. Um, I guess two small things for me is like one, I journal, and I also meditate. And both of those, they kind of help you to confront your thoughts and process them and understand them. And I do want to echo what Michael just said. Cause that's also helped me a lot just to just sort of be comfortable with failure and know that it's like failure it's almost never the end of the world like any mistakes you could possibly make you can move past it and more often than not failure is something that you should embrace because you learn from it and it's comforting to know that like all the things that i'm doing now and going through that will help me in the future like having these experiences will give me more knowledge so I can hopefully avoid some of this going forward. Yeah. I too journal. Um, just actually finished another journal. So I have to buy another one. But that helps me 
more than I ever thought it would. I mean, the thought of it, when I heard, I was like, no, that's not going to help. Like, I'm still going to have the problems that I have. But it really does help just getting your feelings, thoughts, emotions out on paper. Something, I guess, about writing it down for you to then be able to move on, or at least for me, I don't know. But I always love the phrase to both or all three of you guys' point of failing forward. So no matter what the situation is, um, understanding that, especially now, like we're in college, it's hard to make a mistake so bad that it just ruins you, you know? Like we are young. If, if you guys even know what you want to do, I'm still like, mm, what am I doing tomorrow? We'll see. Um, and so it's really hard putting it in perspective of, yes, all the work that we're doing, even as student leaders, is amazing. Even just going to class and being able to wake up the next day and go back to class, we're doing amazing. But at the same time, if we make a mistake, how whatever that mistake may be, it won't be the end of the world. Not, we can't, I, and that's what I at least tell myself, like, because... And I mean, like, I, I feel like you guys sometimes can relate, but I will put so much pressure on myself and put myself down bad over something so small. And then I would talk to it or talk about it with my friend or something. And they're like, Hannah, do you understand? Like, just just calm down. Like, it's not you're going to be OK. It's not that deep. And so um, I always try to put it into that perspective. But understanding are wanting to go back to the National Hispanic Heritage Month. And so what does this month mean to you? And you guys can be honest, because I know there's um, some things that this month very uh, prominent within the Hispanic community, or is it not? Is there a specific tradition? Or what does this month really mean to you guys? I vote not going first, because I did last time. Okay, I can go. Um, so, for me, I just like it just because it's like a celebration of my community. I grew up with my mom. My mom's Dominican. Our Independence Day is in February, so it doesn't fall in this month. Um, but my Salvadorian side does. But I'm like I grew up with it. But ever since I moved to like South Carolina, I kind of lost that side of myself. Um, but for me, I think in college, it means a lot for me to be able to showcase my culture and showcase it to um, just everybody at USC and for people to just know what it is and just be more like aware and acknowledge it. I feel like, cause a lot of people just don't know things. And I feel like people get upset at people for like not acknowledging things or, and it's just like, people just don't know. So you have to be, so I feel like where all three of us are very much in a position where we are going has, we have to kind of take that responsibility to like, show people like who we are and what we do and because as student leaders that's what that's the like job that we took on you know like we are we, we are a smaller community on campus so we have to like you know make our voices heard so we have to do these things and I personally love the Hispanic Heritage kickoff that we used to have every year so sad but I remember my freshman year I went I think it was my freshman year and I was like dancing there. Like it, it's just fun to just be able to like be on Green Street and like showcase your culture to everybody and everybody trying our food and stuff. It's just, it's a great time for me. That was always my favorite because it was like, you know, the kickoff on the 15th. And so, but that's. So like we're still having the kickoff. It's not canceled or anything. Yeah, so. yeah, we are, yeah, yeah, I remember you told me we are. Yeah, it's just. I was just like not the same, you know, it's fun. Um, 
but to answer your question, uh, it's kind of it's kind of a weird question because I didn't know when Hispanic Heritage Month was until my freshman year of college. Um, like I was surprised to learn that it's like it's not an actual month; it's just September fifteenth to October fifteenth. And like I learned why it was that reason because there's a lot of countries that celebrate their Independence Day. So growing up, the month really didn't have a lot of meaning for me. But nowadays, I guess it is a, a similar feeling to Kayla, where it's just nice to see like more people becoming aware of it. I think, and it goes back to even, I have two specific questions, but celebration, but also education. So not a surprise, but um, me being a black woman and understanding that I do not know everything about Hispanic or Latinx culture. And so in your opinion, you guys' opinions, how can I do more to um, be an ally, celebrate your culture along with you and just educate myself and not, I'm speaking myself, but also like other communities that do not or do not fall within the communities that you guys represent. How can we do that? And I know that even earlier we talked about the university and how they can do more, but also putting responsibility on other students that don't identify with you guys. So even me um, being involved in student government and even in another council in um, Greek life, right? And so I feel um, this year, especially after the race relations episode of 18 Live, that kind of bridged the gap a little bit between across councils but just how can we do more amplifying voices in communities like the Hispanic community, especially during this month, and even not, not um, I guess, attesting it or um, recognizing it as just because it's National Hispanic Heritage Month, but just it's just what you're supposed to do 365 days a year. So how can um, I and other organizations and students do more to help you guys feel celebrated and amplify all the events and everything that you guys do? That was a lot. <laughs> I'll, I'll comment on the, the feeling more educated. So, I mean, for me, myself, uh, it was it really wasn't until like freshman year of college till I joined my fraternity that I myself kind of just became more educated with Latin American culture. Uh, for instance, so I, I grew up Salvadorian. It's a small country in Central America. I knew there's, there, there was North, South, and Central. Uh, South America, I did not really understand the rich history they have at all. And in school, it wasn't even touched on or like thought about. But I guess one little promotion, I get I to say. So my fraternity is based off of, uh, off of a value called Pan-Americanism. And what that is, is really uh, us believing in the potential future on the idea that North, Central, and South America can all be one country. And obviously that's really crazy, but the idea is like how it technically is one continent. It's all connected, it's America. And as Latin Americans, we all kind of practically call ourselves American, whether you're Central or North. But a lot of people get that a little confused with United States of America, if that being only from these states claims you as American while the entire continent is labeled differently. So just in joining my fraternity, learning that, um, I also did just more research on my own country, but of course, as I joined, there were brothers from 
like a lot of different countries there um colombia venezuela of course mexico um there was a bolivian one it was just this exposure to all these people and actually getting to talk to them doing my own research but that's just me joining the fraternity i'd say for in terms of anyone else to do their own exposure i think of course you can just do your independent research but it i'd say look at more um look at the media when in terms of media i'd say like movies and such because it depends but most of the time they actually do a really nice touch and bigger exposure on like how much uh, latin americans have impacted just the whole world one little example i just want to give i don't know if anyone has seen moonlight um it won a grand it won no oscar sorry won the oscar in place of la la land it was a big controversy thing that happened i don't know if you can remember it but there's actually a decent amount of latin american culture in that movie while it's mainly about an african-american child and his story uh there was a character in there that was actually cuban and if not many people know but there were a lot of slaves imported to Cuba back in the day. So it kind of just connects the world way more to help people understand that Latin Americans have like a really big impact on not only just, of course, our side of the world, but really everywhere. I think education is definitely important. Um, just like learning about the history of Latin America to better understand what's going on today. Um, like, I don't think a lot of people know why there's like a refugee crisis and why so many people try to immigrate to the US. Um, and another thing when it comes to history is I was talking to is the chair for the Latino Faculty Caucus and they mentioned that like, Latin American history isn't really taught in schools and neither is the history of like Latinos living in America. Because for a lot of people, I think the perception is like people only started immigrating maybe like, I don't know, 20 years ago or something. When in reality, there's been like waves of immigration throughout the history of the US and people living in the US of like Latin descent for generations. And like both of those things are things like I also don't really know too much about. Um, so I think it's important to just educate yourself to better understand that like the people living here and what they're going through and what it is that they want. I think that, um, yeah, I think just education in general, I think if you care to know, like you, you will do the research. I think also just having conversations with people. Like I, I've made friends who are not Hispanic or Latino, and and it's it's nice to have those conversations because people really just don't know, and people do have questions. And so I am very much a person that I I love to talk. Like I will have a conversation with you, and we, and I enjoy talking about it. But I think it's also like they said, like, we don't know everything, you know? It's not like, we don't know everything about every country. There's so many Spanish-speaking countries, Hispanic, Latino countries. Like, there's so many that it's like, for me to know everything is just not possible. But I can tell you what I do know, and I can tell you the experience that I've been through, and I can tell you, like, how just life in college has affected me 
and then we can relate or we can talk about things you know it's just it's just nice to be able to have those conversations with people when they do ask yeah yeah well thank y'all so so much for coming on sharing a little bit about your stories i hope this was great for you guys and you felt like you could just open up and be honest and share with me and whoever is watching and then we'll listen to this later a little bit about yourselves but also how it is being um in the latinx community and being a student at the university and clearly it is hard at times and there is work to be done in order for um, the experience to be able to improve um, within the community but also just um just allowing us to hear your stories and the importance of specifically um, education, celebration, and currently National Hispanic Heritage Month. But with that, I have only one question left. And so in hopes of other individuals, whether they're incoming freshmen or even other individuals in the Hispanic community who do not um, know the opportunities that they can connect um, with or in, what are the events or programming things that are coming up? So I remember like the one that I went to um, was Latin Excellencia on freshman year, but also I could always vow hip hop Wednesdays. I would definitely buy tacos. And so what I know, and I know now it's gonna look different because of course we do have a global pandemic going on, but what are some events that everyone in the community um, can be excited about coming from your organizations? So we hold an annual gala every year. We're hoping to still like raise money for a cause. We're obviously not gonna be putting on a whole gala right now. Um, we are in the process of, I think we're gonna be doing to-go tacos, selling from the village. So we'll see. That's where I live, uh, so I'll be yeah. So I was like, you know, I live there too. So um, that's what we're thinking too. Um, just holding like more informationals. I'm talking for like my story, but holding informationals and I think we're going to try to do more um, events for like the month that's coming up, but for now, that's what we have in the works. I want to comment. So unfortunately, yeah, due to a lot of restrictions, our thought process on things have been a little hard to get working. But for one thing, I do want to give Jonathan all the spotlight because as of right now, for sure, Lasso uh, is the biggest way that our Latin community has been connecting on campus. And me and myself, I mean, I know Brothers Attend Lasso still goes on every Wednesday at 7. Jonathan, do you want to give them more insight on what else can you expect from Lasso this semester? Um, so I guess first of all, thank you. And um, so we did reference it earlier, but there is the Hispanic Heritage Month kickoff. Uh, previous years it was on Green Street. This year it's going to be on Davis Field. September 29th, 4 to 7 p.m. There should be an RSVP link on Garnegate soon. Um, luckily, the event won't have to change too much since it's outdoors. Mm. We're still gonna be giving out free food. There's still gonna be music. There's still gonna be people. Um, you have a mural. It's like, can't really see it. But we're gonna be working on that during the event. Um, on top of that, Latin Excellencia is going to look pretty different this year. Um, there'll be more news on that, hopefully next week, actually. Um, so if you're listening, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, lasso underscore USC, if you want to hear more about that. And if you want to know more about our weekly meetings, 7 p.m. Wednesday, 
Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much. I know that I'm now informed. September 29th, I will be on Davisfield, coming back to my apartment, have to stop by and get some tacos in the village. And then I'm going to stay tuned for Latinx Silencia, um information. And so thank you all so much for coming on. I hope that you guys enjoy talking to each other and me for um, a few minutes. I know I've always known Michael, but now I have two other friends, Jonathan and Kayla, after this. And so thank you all. And thank you guys, whoever is watching. And so hope you guys have a great rest of the day and stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you.